So we've been in this series the last couple of weeks, The Way of the Shepherd. I mentioned it to you earlier, and today we want to continue in that thought, learning what it means to follow after what Jesus desires for our life. I love that song our worship team just led. The fact that we would surrender. Would you mind if I just pray before I continue this morning? Holy Spirit, we invite you to this place. Thank you for already speaking to us as we've sang, as we've joined together. Spirit, this time is yours. If you choose to do something completely different, I surrender all to you. Jesus, we surrender to you. You are welcome here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I had an uncomfortable situation a couple of weeks ago. I was, uh, and maybe you've never done this before, maybe it's just me, but have you ever had that moment like when you're walking through the hallway, maybe you're in a store, maybe you're here at church, and all of a sudden you encounter somebody and you like catch eyes for just a second, you're like, do I know them? Like, maybe they know me, I'm not really sure, and then there's this, should I say something to them because I can't think of their name, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and... Man, it just gets weird sometimes. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk to him or not. Most often I would say I choose not to because my brain just doesn't kick in in that moment. Well, I have been doing something. Yesterday I hit a milestone. I have gotten on Duolingo a 450-day streak of learning Spanish. Yeah, come on. I mean, 450 days, That's for me, that's miraculous. Now, it doesn't mean I'm doing like full lessons if you're in Duolingo, but... Listen, I, I hear languages being spoken all the time. I know here we do things in Spanish and English, and, and I just wanted to be able to have the chance to communicate. So I made the decision. I had heard people say this before. Like, if you're online Duolingo, like, you could type in stuff. It takes time. You can think through it. But it's completely different when you choose to go talk to somebody. So I decided I'm actually going to go talk to somebody in Spanish. I'm going to find someone here at church, introduce myself, say a couple phrases, and so a couple of weeks ago, sure enough, I saw somebody sitting. I could tell they were speaking in Spanish at the time. And so, you know, I'm still learning vocabulary. I don't know half of what they're saying, but I know a few things. I can say I eat apples and I can order a few things at the restaurant. Actually, a few other phrases. So I get up the courage, so uncomfortable. I walk up to him and I say, hola, me llamo Jim. Hello, my name is Jim. Mucho gusto. Good to meet you. Bienvenidos a Filter. Like, I'm killing it. Welcome to Filter. Like, I'm in, like I can tell, I feel great about myself. And then I get that awkward moment where they just stare at me. And they got that look like, are you normal? And they're not saying anything. Well then, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. Like I've stepped out there. I don't know how to go next in this conversation. They're not saying it. Either I've said something wrong, I've offended them. I, I don't know what I've done. And in the midst of all that, I, it feels like eternity. I'm sure it was like two seconds, but it felt like I'd been there an hour. All of a sudden, this young girl comes bouncing up. She comes running up along and she goes, oh, they don't speak Spanish. They speak Portuguese. What? Great. I haven't been studying in Portuguese. And they had just come to the country. They had just come to visit Filter Church. Now, praise the Lord. We have all kinds of languages. We have people from uh, backgrounds that speak Portuguese. And I love that they're here at our church. So this young girl helped to translate for me. It went great. The family felt welcomed, at least that I was even trying. But man, was it uncomfortable. Well, praise the Lord. Come on. So if you want to join me on Duolingo, good luck. Because it's, it's fun. You'll learn a few phrases. 
But it was so uncomfortable in that moment. And, and it all inside of me, like, I just wanted to walk past. I, I didn't want to say anything. And that gets to be a hard journey to go on. As a matter of fact, I, I'd say most of us choose to do that. Like, instead of to go into something uncomfortable, we actually choose to stay comfortable and go in a different path. And when we do that, you know what happens with our brain? We actually train ourselves over and over and over again to avoid the uncomfortable situations. My wife is a counselor. You may not know that. But in counseling, they've discovered that it's actually, they blame it on this thing called flight or fight response that we have. Like in our brain, there's usually two choices that are going on. There's this kind of reactionary brain. They call it the reactive brain. That's like for emotions and, you know, quick decisions that have to be made, like to get away from danger. Then there's this logical thinking part, and they call that the thinking brain. So all in this different parts of our brain, they're working at all times. The reactionary brain is quicker than the logical thinking part of our brain. So here's what happens. Sometimes our reactionary brain gets trained so much that even when it's an uncomfortable situation, it could lead us to something good, but because we're used to it, we just avoid it. We choose not to go that way. And if you do that long enough, if you let the reactionary brain control you before you know you start to have fear in your life. You start to let that overcome you, the discomfort, and it gets harder and harder and harder to push that away. As an example, walking by somebody that you want to talk to, and you decide, I don't want to talk to that person. Your reactionary brain goes, oh, this is good. I feel better about myself, and so you walk by. The next time, your brain says, don't talk to that person. You'll feel better. You keep doing that over and over, and now you have a pattern set in your life. And you know how counselors say to overcome that? It's to do the opposite of what your brain would think normally. Actually to choose to head towards the discomfort, and then as you start to do that, that fear starts to go away, and the thing that you were uncomfortable with, you can start to find out that you can become comfortable. So Jim, why are you telling me all this stuff? Like, great counseling session, I appreciate that. Aren't we gonna talk about the Bible? Well, yes, we are. Actually, before counselors discovered this, Jesus discovered this. To do the opposite of what our brains would wanna lead us towards. Jesus was all about the opposite. In case you didn't know it, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, Jesus would say, you should be the servant or slave of all. Well, that makes no sense. How do you get to be the greatest to do that? If you want to be the richest, Jesus said, you should give your money away. Well, pff, that doesn't give us rich. If you want to be first, he says, you should be the, yeah, welcome. So you're on the journey with me. Jesus, this weird guy, is telling us all the time we should live the opposite of what our brain would think. And that's actually what we're going to study and learn about today. Let's dive in a little deeper. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 9. If you've got your Bibles, take them out. Matthew chapter 9. We're actually going to look at the end of the chapter starting in verse 35. As you're finding that. So we've been in this discipleship series. We've been learning what it means to join along with others in these discipling communities where we pray for one another, where we learn about Jesus and the scriptures, where we hold each other accountable to challenge us in our walk. We've been discovering last week how to let go of pride in our life and let Jesus rule as we open ourselves up to others. And it's hard in that journey. And I wish today I could say that what Jesus is going to challenge you with is easy, but it's not. It's going to be hard today. As we dive into this truth in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus has been walking through, telling others about the good news of who he is. He's been challenging them in their faith. He's actually been physically healing them. Like if you look at the verses before, he's been telling them about how to walk in honor and glory towards his name. And then he's literally turning the region upside down. Like they don't know what in the world's going on. They're trying to find out more about this guy because he's saying things that I've never heard before. I don't understand, but it's changing my life. 
And I pray you start to hear the same thing today. Let's pick up where he's turning this area upside down. And all of a sudden, he looks out at all these people he's been talking to. Chapter 9, verse 35 of Matthew, it says, And Jesus went uh, throughout all the cities, the villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease, every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, they're so few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Stop there. Some of you may recognize this passage, especially the harvest and laborers going out, but I want to remind you a little bit of what Jesus is going into. When we started this in verse 35, it actually says that Jesus decided to go, like Jesus himself went. Jesus, you may not realize this, with God Almighty in heaven itself, glory of all glories, could have chosen to stay with the Father. But Jesus said, no, I need to go. I need to be with the people. I need to show them a better way of living, to write a relationship with a God Almighty who we had a broken relationship with. Jesus gave it all up, came to this earth, and instead of choosing like the highest places of authority, the, the highest places to sit, he chose to come down to be with you and with me, to be with these peoples, to walk down the street and talk to folks, to be in their neighborhoods, even what they would call their synagogues, places of worship, but also places of learning. He would step into those areas and say, look, I wanna teach you something better. Jesus went. And that's a challenge to us, that Jesus would choose to go. He didn't just go, by the way, and do some good things. Like, I know we see that he healed people, he tried to help them in their journey, but at the same time, he had said he went to proclaim the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. But what is that? What is he telling people about? So what is the gospel? Literally, the gospel defined is good news. So what is that good news? You've heard Pastor Jason share this before. 2 Corinthians 5.21 gives a real short, simple answer for that. That for our sake, God Almighty took Jesus, and with Jesus, he placed all of our sins upon Jesus. So he made Jesus, who knew no sin, to put all that sin on him for us. And here's the craziest exchange of what 2 Corinthians 5.21 talks about. That in the midst of that, when God now looks at us, we can become the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Makes no sense. It's not the way I would do it. It's actually the opposite of the way I would do it. But God decided to send Jesus, and Jesus came for you and for me to proclaim this good news, not just to go and do good things, but actually tell people about the gospel, to tell them about the good news of who Jesus was. So in the midst of this, you may go, well, man, I'm, I'm not Jesus. I'm not a preacher. By the way, I often wonder if I am too. I get to share the good news. But Jesus is saying, I didn't just pick like the ones that have the gift in that sharing. Like, I picked you. He says that in John 20, verses 21. Hold your place there in Matthew 9. Let's look at John 20, 21 real quick. John 20, 21, Jesus says to us, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so God Almighty sending Jesus down to this earth, to you and me, Jesus says, even so, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Like, not just the group leaders, not just those that have special titles. Like, 
I'm sending you. There is no excuse. Jesus is calling you and me to go, to go proclaim the good news. But as we talked about earlier, we often get to the place that we become uncomfortable. We, want, we don't want to share that. We, we want to walk by and like not even look at those other folks. We don't want to sit in the front row of the class. We want to sit in the back so that way nobody will ever call on us. That's the feeling that we have. We don't want to deal with the uncomfortableness of what those situations means. And yet Jesus is saying, I got something opposite for you. It's actually better. There's people all around you that are hurting and need the good news of the kingdom, the good news of Jesus, the good news that they can be redeemed. Their life can be changed forever if they would choose to follow after Jesus himself. And Jesus is saying, I'm sending you to do that. So I've got three points for you today, and here's my first one. Choose gospel over comfort. It leads you to be messengers of good news instead of messengers of nothing. Think about that for a minute. When you choose gospel over comfort, it, it'll lead you to look at people differently, to, to have eyes, to be able to want to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ instead of just messengers of nothing. That's what he's sending you to do. Now, if you start doing that, if you start walking that kind of walk in your life and you're saying, okay, Jesus, I hear you. I can do good things, but I also need to be ready to proclaim that. If you start allowing that kind of life to live in you, it's called the Holy Spirit prompting you, being ready to share that at any time. It'll change the way you view people. It'll change the way you see others. It'll change the way you approach them. Let's look back at Matthew chapter 9 again. Go back with me to verse 36. Look at what Jesus said next. He'd been proclaiming. He had been telling them about the good news of the kingdom. And then notice this. When he saw the crowds, it said, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. It changed his viewpoint. It changed the way he, and notice here, he saw people. Jesus saw people. He didn't just walk by them. He actually saw them in their hurt. He saw them in their need. He saw them in the struggles that they were facing. He talks about them being harassed and helpless here. So what does it mean to be harassed and helpless? Literally, the verbs, the words that are used there, it talks about being torn and thrown down, cast away, cast aside. And Jesus knew that. So who was doing that? To be honest, it was the religious leaders of the day. They've been piling up all these rules, all of these things that folks could not follow anymore. They failed all the time, all the time, and they felt it, and they knew it. All of a sudden, there's this caste system set up between those that are saints and then those that are sinners. And Jesus said, not anymore. The leaders would choose the high places, like the glorious mansions that they would live in and dress up nice and hang out with all the pretty people. Jesus said, opposite of that, I'm going to you. I'm going to the streets. I'm going to those that are hurting and helpless and need something different in their life. I'm going to walk with them. The leaders of the day would be judgmental and cast people aside and easily look at them and say, right and wrong, I, ju I judge you. I know what's right. You're wrong. Jesus instead here, it says, had compassion for them. 
That compassion is actually something that's much deeper than just what the word says. We think of empathy often. Empathy is like sharing the hurts and feelings of others, being able to sense that in your own life. When it says this word compassion, the deeper meaning of that word is literally like a gut punch. Have you ever gotten such bad news that it literally took your breath away? Like you couldn't hardly breathe anymore? That's the way Jesus felt. He looked at those around him that are harassed and helpless, and literally it says in his gut, he felt it and had compassion for them. It drove him to something more. So Jesus begins to see these people with different eyes. He begins to walk with them in such a way that they are knowing that he sees them. I want to remind you, many times we forget our own journey. You were harassed and helpless at one point in your own journey before you knew Jesus. You were at a place in your own life where you had no hope. You had no answers for the things that you were searching for. You tried it all, and all of them came up empty. And Jesus came for you. Somebody walked with you in your life. Somebody told you about the gospel. Somebody directed you to Jesus. Somebody cried with you. Somebody hurt with you. And as they walked with you, they kept pointing you over and over again to the good news of the gospel. They invited you to join along with others in community so you weren't in this alone. And Jesus came and changed your life forever. Do you remember that? Do you remember the freedom you found in Jesus? When you do, and you recognize what the gospel did for your life, it changes the way you see other people. It changes the way you speak to them and talk to them and interact with them. You no longer would just walk by. You will have that same compassion, that same draw, that same calling to go and talk with others about the good news of who Jesus is. It will change you. And you go, oh, Jim, come on. Really? I mean, this is a big church. Look at all these people around. Seriously. There's got to be somebody in here that will do that. Not me. I can't do that. Do you know what? It actually is somebody here. Look around you. There's somebody sitting in front of you, a few seats down. Remember, Jesus even went to the synagogues. He didn't just go to the streets. You think there's not somebody here alone and harassed and hurting, sitting right around you, and you haven't talked to them. You haven't even approached them today. You've chosen comfort over the gospel. Maybe your neighbor across the street, maybe somebody you work with, maybe somebody at your school, and you've waited, and Jesus is saying, no longer, you should choose the opposite of that. Choose what I'm calling. Here's my second point. Choose gospel over comfort. It leads you to see the hurt in others instead of the comfort in yourself. Think about that. It changes the way you view. You now see hurt in others. You have compassion for them. And you begin to choose what seems to be uncomfortable. But Jesus can use you in that moment through the power of the Holy Spirit to go and share the good news of the gospel to that person. To have their life changed forever. Choose today gospel over comfort. Let's go back to the last part of Matthew 9. The last couple of verses, as we begin to walk with people that are harassed and hurting and helpless in their journey, verses 37 and 38 of Matthew 9 remind us again, and Jesus said to his disciples, look, the harvest is plentiful everywhere. There are people that are hurting and harassed and helpless, but the laborers, 
There's so few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus is saying here, look, I, I know it's just me right now. I, I've called a few of you disciples. I've begun to teach, and a few others are going. But if we're taking this good news to the world, it's more than just us. It's going to take people that are joining us in this journey. And Jesus is looking down through time. He sees you here today. He's called you, and he's saying, it's time. The world needs to know of this good news. Don't just hold it in your tight-knit group, in your tight-knit community. It is time to share with others and to open the door to people coming and joining us on this journey towards Jesus. As Jesus does that, he talks about the priority of how much this means. John chapter 10, verse 16. Hold your place there in Matthew 9. Turn with me to John 10, verse 16. We read this a couple of weeks ago, just to remind you again, it's talking about Jesus being the good shepherd. Here the good shepherd says, Jesus, and I have other sheep, Jesus says, that are not of this fold. What does he say? I must, I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus in this moment is reminding us that there are people that are not a part of this journey with us. They're not in this fold. Specifically here, there was the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. They did not mix. Jews had all the answers. G Jesus knew that. They were the religious leaders of the day. They were the ones often judging those that were Gentiles. They don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They don't act like us. They don't know what we know. And Jesus is saying, cross that line. Go into the place that it feels uncomfortable. It's worth it to tell them of the good news, the things that's changing you, the hope that you have, that you could walk with them and tell them the same good news. And Jesus is looking at us today and saying, we must. It's an imperative. We must go. We must also share with them the good news. Bring them into the fold, as he would say here. He's calling all of us to step out in faith and share the good news of the gospel with those all around us. And you know what? The other side of that is, if you choose not to, if you choose to stay in the comfortable zone, you're actually choosing to disobey what Jesus has asked you to do. Disobedience means, I choose comfort over you, Jesus. Disobedience means, you've told me, I've heard from the Spirit, I should go and share, and I'm saying no. That's a disobedience to Jesus. He calls that sin in our life. He talks about praying earnestly for the laborers to go with us. The laborers are you and me. The laborers are not the, as I said earlier, the ones that have all the training and all the skills. Think of this. He's called laborers. Those that would just simply obey and go work. Welcome to the journey. You don't have to have any special skill. You have to have Jesus and he will give you the Holy Spirit and walk with you in how to do this. Stop choosing disobedience. Choose Jesus. And not only will your life be changed, but you'll see others' lives be changed. And there's no greater blessing than getting to walk with somebody that gives their life to Jesus and walks on this journey with you. You get to invite them to be a part of your community, a part of your discipling community. You get to pray with them. You get to teach them on the journey. And you get to hold them accountable. 
And as you do that, you'll see them grow in their walk with Christ and become more like him. And you know what? It'll make you more like Jesus as you do that as well. Because they'll be praying. You'll be prayed for. You'll be learning about Jesus in your journey. You'll see with different eyes. And you'll be held accountable not to disobey, but to obey Jesus. Choose gospel every single time over comfort. The last part of Matthew the very end of the book, Matthew chapter 28. In this book of the Gospels, the last thing that Jesus says to those that he had joined with, Matthew chapter 28, many of you have heard this, verses 18 through 20. Here's what Jesus says. I don't want you to forget the command that he gives to all of us. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he says, go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. It's not a hope you go. It's not a, hmm, if you think about it on occasion, do this. Jesus' command is to go, and it's uncomfortable. It may be stepping across the street and talking to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time. It could be going somewhere in the state of Texas to work with others that don't know of the good news of Jesus Christ. It could be going to somewhere else in the nation. It could be today choosing to go around the world. Jesus is saying, go. Go into the hallway. Go to that person sitting in front of you. Go. Don't wait any longer. He is calling you. He is sending you to go and make disciples and to join with you in this fold, in this journey. That's the challenge that he's bringing before us. So my last point today, when you choose gospel over comfort, it leads you to see the harassed and helpless and you take them directly to the good shepherd. Directly to the good shepherd. Directly to who Jesus is. Directly to what Jesus has called us all to do is to go and tell him the good news. And when you focus and you allow your life to be led by the Spirit, you're choosing to change that reactionary brain and actually move towards what seems uncomfortable. It will become more comfortable as you walk with him. As you allow the Spirit to work within your life, as you go to tell others, you'll see the change happen more and more in your own life. And you'll be able to say yes to Jesus. And you'll get the joy of watching others have their lives changed forever as you join along with them in this journey. First, for those of you that are here today and you are already a part of a discipling community, you've been hearing about this comfort versus gospel journey that we've been talking about and what Jesus is challenging us to do. I want to say to you, there's some of you today and you've had somebody in your group that has left and hasn't been back in a long time and you've not reached out to them. Like, that's the group leader, right? They're supposed to do that. Jesus is saying to you, look, you're all laborers in this. It's not just the one that's the leaders. All of us are called. There's a friend that you've not spoken to in a long time. I want to tell you today, Jesus is challenging you to say, it's time to go. Don't wait on somebody else. It's time to reach out to them. Don't let them be alone, harassed, and helpless. Go walk with them. I'll also tell you, and I had to confess this to Jesus. He wrestled with me tremendously this week. Sometimes in my own group, I get comfortable. Like the people I know, like I don't want to invite somebody new into that. That's going to mess things up, right? 
They speak a different language. They don't look like me. And so often when I'm thinking of inviting somebody, my first thought goes to, will they fit or not? And I had to confess that to the Lord. That's not what Jesus is asking. Jesus is saying the first thought should be, are they harassed and helpless and they need a Savior? I'm challenging you today like Jesus challenged me. Would you make a commitment today to say, I'm not going to wait on somebody else? Jesus has called me. Jesus, I'm going to say yes to you today. In just a moment, we're going to have the altar open. Pastors will be down front, and it will be a chance for you to make that commitment to the Lord. There's a second group that's here. Some of you were a part of community. You were a part of the journey with others, walking towards Jesus. You were being prayed for and held accountable, and then you got comfortable and you started to stay away and not come or join in anymore. You got alone, and your brain's telling me, I don't want to go back into that. That feels uncomfortable. Some of you online, it's been since COVID, and you're still there. When are you going to choose to come and be a part of the community that you gather together? For those of you that are sitting out, some of you got baptized recently. You've been invited to join, but you're like, ooh, those are weirdos. They probably are. I think, I think many people call them Jesus freaks, and that's okay. Got any Jesus freaks in here? Join with them in this journey. Watch what Jesus does as you come along. Choose to step in. I know it can be uncomfortable, but if the Spirit is speaking to you right now, choose to be a part of community. You actually can do that online, that same app we talked about earlier. Pastors will be down front today walking with you because here's what's going to happen. If you choose to be alone, you're going to go right back to that harassed and helpless state like we've talked about. You're playing with fire because Satan is out to kill, still, and destroy, and he will take you down. You're going to look up one day, and you're going, I'm all alone, and nobody is walking with me. Did you choose that? Would you make the opposite choice today and choose to join with community? Pastors will be down front in just a moment. And then lastly, some of you right now are so beat up. You're so torn down. You're so caught up in things that you thought were going to fill the answers you had. You've pursued work. You've pursued getting a degree. You've pursued the right house, the car, the relationship. you pursued all of that. And today you keep coming up empty over and over and over again. And you don't even know why you're here today. I want to tell you the Spirit drew, drew you to come here today to hear about Jesus this same Jesus that chose to come and meet you, he sees you today. By the way, even in your home right now, he sees you. And Jesus knows that you've been harassed and hurt and helpless. And he's saying to you, I chose, even though it hurt, even though it was uncomfortable, all of the things that you've done wrong in your life, all the things that separated you from a God Almighty who can answer the needs that you have within your heart and within your life. I chose to take all of that on myself and go to a cross and bear the sacrifice that you should have made. Jesus gave everything and sacrificed it all for you. He sees you and loves you and knows you that much. Would today you choose to give your life for the first time to him? We had somebody earlier from our chapel service choose to give their life to Jesus. They got baptized today. The Lord is already moving in this place. I want to tell you, if you make that decision, we have a baptistry ready to go right now. Warm water. It is warm. 
T-shirts ready to go, clothes to change into. If you choose to come forward in just a moment and talk with one of our pastors, we would love to share with you the good news of the gospel so that your life would be changed forever. Pastors will also be here to pray. If you're feeling harassed and helpless, like there's no other place to go, we see you. We want to walk with you. We want to share with you Jesus. So stand with me today. Our pastors are coming forward right now. Is it time to choose the gospel over comfort? That's the challenge that Jesus is putting before you today. Choose gospel. You hear him saying it. You hear him walking you towards it. Let go and let Jesus rule supreme in your life today. You come now. Come talk to these pastors. Let us walk with you. Make a commitment to choose him first over your own comfort.